0: welcome welcome podcast listeners you are here with your host is mr budget pedal chap and this is episode number something uh, 118 118 118 is episode number 118 of the threat podcast you are joined by both myself and mr matt quine say hi matt hi matt right dude how's it going I'm good thanks yourself oh it's it's always a pleasure Matt always a pleasure
1: Always. I I enjoy all the
0: podcasts but the ones where it's just us two great fun it is it's it's just a little bit special isn't it I think Lee Lee summed it up when uh when he did the non-live one with us and he said like when we're doing live ones there's a bit of pressure because it's 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 all live and you have to get everything right And even though we don't do like, we don't do many takes with this one. We do it all live pretty much anyway. It's just a little bit more chilled out.
1: Yeah, it's relaxed. And you know that if you accidentally say something horrifically bad, that you can just edit it out and, you know, it'll never see the light of day unless we cancel the podcast.
0: I mean, we are looking at you here, Ayrton. We are looking at you. I mean, we're not, but we're thinking of you. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> he's he's a man. Uh, aside from like when we've had technical issues, uh, and I've had to go in editing out uh, like extraneous sounds, Ayrton has been like the most, uh, like the biggest reason for me having to edit the podcast. Sorry.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, and and as we said, like when when this podcast does eventually wind up I'm gonna release a doomsday device which is all of Ayrton's outtakes just in one podcast.
1: <laughs> just to make sure that it can never come
0: back. <laughs> That's it, yeah, yeah. Uh, it will be it will be both horrific and the best thing ever. So you know. Um, but <laughs> I think I think this is uh this is telling us what kind of podcast it's gonna be already the fact that we've we're like five minutes into it. Uh, in fact, we're probably not even that because we did a little pre, pre-chat, but we're we're like a couple of minutes into it and we, we haven't even like veered onto conversation yet. We're just
1: chatting bullshit. <laughs> but these are the best ones. These are the ones everybody messages about. So like, forget to talk about that guitar nonsense. Just, just yeah. chat like you're in the pub.
0: That's it. And it, it's exactly that, isn't it? It's just, it's it's the kind of pub banter, isn't it? It's it's that kind of um, the the kind of pub banter that you used to have like ten years ago, before like internet was so good on your phone that you could just search anything up, and you just argue with each other about like completely wrong nonsense. Yeah, and (laughs) you I miss those days. Yeah, you'd be swearing blind to each other. No, it is this, and like these (laughs) days, it's just someone pulls out their phone, Google's whatever the shit was, and then then that's the conversation. so pff, yeah, all right. Spoil sport, coming here with your facts.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. If you come if you come in here for facts, you've come to the wrong place. Mm, that's it. And I think that that
0: that should be our tagline for this podcast. <laughs> I mean, we occasionally do guitar news, but if you're here for facts, you are you are definitely barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> I mean, like. Tentative links to guitar news and kind of spurious information is is our forte. Yep. So, Mr. Matthew Quine, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thanks.
0: Way You get oh. an extra wahay this week. Yeah. Uh, so, what you been up to, man? You been all good?
1: I, um, yeah, i been been good. Um, I suppose it's been, it's actually been like three weeks, I think, since we recorded, because we recorded before the live cast. So however long it's been, it feels like it's been a long time anyway.
0: Yeah, Um, we did. Yeah, we did an extremely early um, podcast, The One week, didn't we?
1: Yeah, I think, in fact, did we not do it on like the Monday after a live cast? And then the live cast was released, then that one was released. Then there was another live cast, so it's been a while, but yeah. Um, so I suppose the the biggest thing that I've done in this time is um, a band played a charity gig, um, yeah, yeah, which uh, it was for a local mental health charity called Reach, which I can't remember what it stands for, but it's all about like making sure that if you've got mental health issues, and um, especially in young people, that um, you speak to somebody and they they provide some of that service they also support some of the other services around and yeah. um, it's it's a you know it's a charity that's close to my heart and yeah. like um it's it's done a lot of work recently there's been unfortunately a, a fair few um, sort of suicides in the younger population on the island in the last six months yeah um, and it's the cause that kind of it's, it's close to everybody over here at the moment um, and we got contacted about doing um, a charity gig for them um, and we said yes straight away um, yeah so uh, hired out a small venue 150 capacity plus like staff and stuff um, yeah. so a little bit more but um, managed to sell that out for £10 a ticket um, which all went to the charity Beautiful? Um, there was basically doors opened at half seven. There was a DJ on for an hour and a half. We then went on at nine o'clock um, did an hour and ten minutes. Then the DJ did a bit. There was a, a few prizes in a raffle and then we kind of finished the night off um, playing up to midnight. Nice. Uh, it was really fun gig and it's one of the few times we get to play with an actual stage it's in a it was in a town hall and it's got an actual stage we used our own pa so that we didn't have to hire the pa off the the town hall to keep the cost down Um, and it's nice to be able to crank crank your sort of pa that you normally use in a 70 person room pub into a you know a a nice size room and so we got to turn that up i got to turn the amp up a little bit louder than normal yeah Miked up for one of the first times in a while and um, so this mic that i'm talking into now was hanging over the top of my ac-15 oh nice um, nice
0: and and it, we know that it sounds really nice for uh vocal use because um i mean the 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 quality of the uh the the voice recording on the podcast has has definitely increased but um how did it respond uh with the with the guitar cab
1: yeah yeah it sounded really good um it's we had to tweak it because we used to use 57 57s the directional yeah, yeah. ones um but ours are getting a little bit old um, and <laughs> getting a little bit worn out yeah um obviously I had to tweak the eq a bit but um the sound was really good as far as i'm concerned yeah um Look, I'm lucky enough to use a wireless system so I can go out in front and listen to what it sounds like, tweak my own EQ um, through the PA, because we like, we don't have a sound engineer. We didn't have a sound engineer for the night, so we we, we did all the sound ourselves the night before, um, which was the, the, the other good thing about this kind of gig is we managed to set up the night before. We had as long as we want to get the sound that we wanted, so we basically <laughs> spent about two and a half hours <laughs> getting up, getting... Like I was tweaking my sound, the other guitar tweaking his sound, the bass is tweaking his sound the drummer who uses triggers was going through his system it was like right, we need something with less reverb than normal because we're in a really big open room Yeah, yeah. all of us just kind of like tweak, tweaking that stuff um, but but yeah, honing um, it to the room yeah exactly that dialing into the room, um, making sure to remember to have things cut through a little bit bright when there's no people in there because we knew that people come in it's going to deaden the
0: sound off yeah yeah completely and it affects the reverb as well doesn't it because if you're in a uh if you're in an open room it will be very very bassy and very reverberant
1: yeah
0: so you got to you've got to compensate for that as well but having having the chance to to tune your equipment to the room is something that we just just never get as a as a band you you barely even get time to plug your stuff in and then it's you're on
1: go on play. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a bit of an experience. I think this is the first time we've done anything where we've been able to do stuff to this level, probably in three years. Um, okay. And yeah, I I love this kind of gig. Cause like I say, I'll happily spend an hour after I've set up tweaking little bits and bobs, but I don't like doing it. If there's, you know, punters in a pub yeah and trying to have a, a drink and stuff i I hate any noise until we're meant to go on, like I don't mind testing that your amp is on and working, yeah testing that you've got a clean sound a drive sound and a lead sound once I've done that, that's it. I don't make any more noise until we go on unless we're like we'll do well we we'll do a quick sound check, but um for for this, I had like as much time as I want to tweak the bits that I wanted um which is is perfect for me
0: absolutely, absolutely, and I think uh Kind of looking at the the experience from the punter side as well is is really really a generous thing to do because I, I know bands who, uh, or I've known bands in the past who who will go on and will be setting their sound up and making sure that their sound is absolutely perfect and th- th- like the the experience for the punters f- for like that hour or, or so before before the gig is ridiculous because you can't have your your little pub banter because there's a, a, a guitarist who's trying to tweak his EQ or or a drummer who's tuning his snare and yeah, yeah. so yeah understanding that is is a very noble kind of uh noble pursuit as a as, as a band as well cause a lot of them are just yeah. tunnel visioned about, oh, we've got to sound good. No, it's, it's about an experience, and you don't want to be ruining someone's night because you're pissing about running your scales they <laughs> were before.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we set it all, all up for that. And then um, as we got into the night, I, on the day before, or the, the night before the gig, um, I was sound checking. I was like, I have no idea how old these strings are. <laughs> I'm going to bring. Not one, but two backups just in case. And I think I jinxed myself <laughs> because, so I, I had the the Cabernet and the Variax, which is my normal go-to for a gig. And I thought, right, I'll bring the SG as well, uh, just in case. So I think the first proper big solo I play is Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears, where I just get to, to wander off and kind of do an improvised solo at the end and I always started with a massive bend on the B string (laughs) and I I I went to do this massive bend on the B string and you got most of a note and then (laughs) at which point I was like right okay at least it's improv so it doesn't matter what the fuck I do here as long as I stay in B minor (laughs) so I went off and did a Widdly thing, you know, um, not the kind of the same style that I normally do because yeah. I didn't have a, a, a B string to play. Um, at which point, obviously, finished that song off, put that guitar down, picked up the Variax, and that lasted three songs. Um, oh, no. And I managed to snap the A string in that. <laughs> Fuck me. Look, I, uh, <laughs> how you snap an A string? I'd like... It, it's I it's, I don't snap strings because I'm playing too hard. Yeah, I literally wear the strings out to the point that they just snap at the bridge. Yeah, where there's that ninety degree kind of bend. Yeah, yeah. Um, so because I'm using the Alexa coated and they're so good for not rusting and not feeling yeah. kind of um, like horrible, I can never tell how old they are. And Yeah, <laughs> like they just like. It's been vibrating with that ninety degree angle for so long that it just eventually just goes. Yeah, it in there. just
0: wears and wears um, and wears until you've sheared the end off.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so that went. I was just like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" So I played the SG for most of the night, um, which you know sounds great because it's got the Fletcher's in.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were having a little bit of a chat about the Fletcher's today, weren't we? Actually, because uh, our yeah. our good friend Steve just uh, just popped up in a message and just went. Yo, uh BPC. Talk to me about these blends. And I was like, <laughs> what do you wanna know, mate? What do you wanna know? Uh, but then I, I I said like of course you've got the uh, you've got the um slightly underwound blends in your um your SG, haven't you?
1: Yeah.
0: Um and I mean I've I've never been shy about saying that they are absolutely it's the way that I described them to Steve was um, that they're like really, really kind of tight and focused in terms of humbuckers Um, because once again, I'm not shy about uh, the types of guitar I play are, they tend to be single chord guitars, which gets you kind of used to um, a a really bright attack and it's, it's a real kind of stark um contrast when you go to humbuckers because a lot of humbuckers are really really bass heavy and even if they're not like super super bassy they've got a lot of low mid content as well which is is where usually your your single chords are like a scooped sound where the the mid range is is the least prominent bit um and i was saying like how how the blends are a really good balance. They still sound like humbuckers, but the, the, the low end is really, really kind of in in check. So it's not it's not gonna run away with you. And the, the mid-range is it's it's not humped. It it's still there, it's still present, but it's it's almost like a kind of uh a flatter response mid-range. So you end up getting uh, like that 70s recorded PAF tone. Like it sounds just like Free or Led Zeppelin or or any of those really really awesome bands from the seventies. It sounds like it sounds like that tone just straight away without having to do anything to it.
1: Yeah, and, and the other thing I mentioned to Steve was um, I, I don't know whether you remember back in May when I came back after um, being at Steve's and I, I basically spent an entire episode just talking about. <laughs> His his gear, um, and yeah, I mentioned good times, good times, yeah. pretty much all of his collector's choice. He wasn't happy with the neck humbucker, um, because it's just a little bit too muddy and a little bit like let too unfocused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the the neck pickup in the blend is in the set the blend set is my favorite of the two. Just the way that it it it, it sounds like a neck pickup. But it doesn't get lost in a mix and it doesn't have that muddiness and like unclarity and just kind of like flubbiness and all that stuff that doesn't need to be there. It's it's warm but it's focused in the right place. Yeah, I think
0: I think that kind of it owes to the fact that it, it does it keeps that uh the bottom end in check. Um because if you if you've got a if you if you've got a big bottom end. Oh, fret talk. <laughs> you, you lovely, you lovely vehicle for dirty words. Um, but yeah, if you've got a, if you've got a, a, a large bottom end, um, the, just an unruly large bottom end, you
1: just stop eating curry. It. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any way of getting out of this without uh, without hitting innuendo junction, is there? Um, I'm sorry. No, it's, it's all good. I've I'm, I'm, reached that point myself. Um, let's uh, let's reword it. Okay. Let's say if you're if the lower frequencies of your your humbuckers are, are more pronounced, um, when you when you do flick to the neck pickup, especially if you've got any gain on, um, because the gain kind of tends to add bass as well it just yeah. the the clarity you just can't get it uh, and yeah as you say the the blend set the the neck pickup is it's very unique in that sense um yeah. i know that you said you um your your bridge pickup is a little bit brighter than you usually like
1: um yeah um, but i th- I'd like i think that's because i take away a lot of top end because i like as much as i'm maturing as a person now um i i was very much a a bridge pickup noob when it comes to anything with treble i just like nah don't want treble sounds too brittle fuck that off turn that down um and then obviously this has got like a a very clear bridge pickup, and um, very bright bridge pickup, and like like you say, it's it's almost got the the edge of it like the attack of a single coil, but in a humbucker form.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it was a, a bit different getting used to, but because obviously I've got everything EQ'd for like a, a slightly muddier humbucker because it was my first Fletcher pickup, and um, it was just kind of like re-sorting out all my gear to. Adhere to that, yeah, yeah. Um, and once I sort of got used to that, um, I find myself using the bridge pickup as much as the neck pickup on on the the SG, using it like it, it should be, because um, obviously in a covers band you 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 just follow whatever the person who you're covering was using, whether they're neck pickups, bridge pickups. Yeah, yeah. Like now that I've got the variax, if I need single coils, I pick the variax up until tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah um so yeah it was a bit ju- it was just a case of like incorporating it into the the, the setup that i've got i yeah. i wasn't used to having something with that kind of clarity um i i i also wasn't used to using tone controls <laughs> <laughs> every um, time like, I've
0: yeah i'll tell you about it i've i've, I've i even made a video on the budget yeah. pedal, chip And, jam and I
1: do, and I do now use the tone control, and I find the tone control very useful for that pickup. If I if I'm using it to play rhythm, I tend to have the the tone rolled down to about eight rather than ten. And then if I'm playing lead and I want to cut through a little bit more, that's when you use that last little bit of kind of the the tone knob to just kind of cut through and you know melt people's faces. Is
0: that is that a spinal tap moment, isn't it? You need that little <laughs> little bit to push you over the cliff. Eleven. And that's and that's yeah. what the tone control does, isn't it? Because it the tone control, um, for the first kind of uh, from from kind of about like seven to ten on the tone control, it doesn't really do much to the overall tone. It just it it um it takes the initial attack away from the note.
1: And it's it's pretty much like a presence control almost in that it makes you go from sitting in the mix to cutting through the mix.
0: Yeah, it's exactly that, isn't it? And then if you really want to get, uh, really want to get a soft, soft tone, that's where kind of the one one to two range on the the tone control come in. Yeah, and you can get that kind of Santana-y warmth.
1: Yeah, or that uh, uh, like. Mid sixties, Clapton.
0: Yeah, concerts. yeah, yeah. The 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 woman tone, I believe they call yeah.
1: it. Yeah, almost,
0: that was it's what Clapton called it himself. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't I don't know how he got there, but hey ho. Um, <laughs> so there's uh, there's, there's a, a little bit of news as well coming this week, isn't the matter of uh, of a certain delivery? Well, in fact, actually, a couple of deliveries.
1: Yeah, so I'd like technically three. I've I've had notification of three things being dispatched to me. Tell me more. Two, two were supposed to be delivered today, but there was nobody home. And by the time I got home, I just like I, I got home, the card was there, and I'm like. It closes in eight minutes and it's a 20 minute drive away, and it's the worst <laughs> feeling in the world. Yeah, you're like, just, ah. I'm not going to make it. There's yeah. not even any point in me getting back in the van. That's it. I could speed, <laughs> but it's just going to add problems. Yeah, yeah it, it was just, I, I wasn't quite going to make it. So I spoke about it probably six or eight weeks ago ish um, about um, Martial Origin 5 and a Fender Classic vibe, sixties telly custom, I think. It's either it's not double yeah, it must be custom. Uh, which is a double bound, three tone sunburst, rosewood necked, tele classic vibe. Um which I have already ordered a black scratch plate and uh, compensated saddles for.
0: <laughs> well that's uh, <laughs> that's an interesting turn of events. <laughs>
1: Because <laughs> uh, uh, obviously the classic vibes don't have compensated saddles. They've got the three saddle bridges, but they're yeah, they're straight right. barrel.
0: Yeah, the, the 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 barrel ones on there are um, just kind of st- standard steel uh, barrels as well, aren't they? So
1: absolutely yeah. so no I've, frills I've, in it. Yeah, so I've ordered some brass compensated saddles um, that will go on it. I believe they're arriving. Probably later in the week rather than yeah. tomorrow. Um, but I only ordered them when I got the dispatch notification for the guitar.
0: Yeah, there's no point having a set of saddles sitting around for like <laughs> six weeks. No, because
1: it, it would have just frustrated me. Every time I saw them, I'd be like, ah, oh, but I want the guitar. Them mute saddles, <laughs> mocking me. Yeah, so I ordered them. I ordered the Black Scratch plate, um, which is on the way as well. Um, Buttes. And we'll probably r- arrive the same time. I
0: mean usually I'd be uh, I'd be advocating a um a torque guard. And even though torque guards do work on uh, on some burst models, I think having having the black is is an acceptable an acceptable alternative.
1: Yeah, I think it's a three, three ply black white black um guard and I think that little bit of binding around that added to the two um, white binding round the because it's a double band telly I think would just kind of offset it almost perfectly um, yeah that, that was I, I just kind of as I as I was like imagining it in my head that's what was there was a, a black white black three, toe, uh, three fly uh, yeah pick guard so that's on its way as well and hopefully um, I'll be able to try the guitar out tomorrow and then Put all the upgraded bits on over the weekend,
0: yeah. But, like, I say, the um, uh, my experience of the, the classic vibe stuff is absolutely second to none. Um, in fact, it, it outperforms some of the fender uh, fender stuff, which is just phenomenal. Um, the only thing you need to watch out for is that bridge pickup, you need to be able to use the tone control for it, and exactly, yeah. exactly what you were yeah. saying with the uh, the bridge. Bridge blend is just you just need to knock a little bit of the time back, and then you are absolutely sound,
1: yeah. And the, the scary thing is, um, with the exception of the Variax, which has two magnetic single coils in it, this will be my first or my this, this will be my only all single coil guitar. Now, bearing in mind, I own maybe 10, maybe, maybe more, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> guitars,
0: I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm looking at the guitars that I can see at the moment Um, that's that's got all single coils that's um, that's gonna have all single coils the thing in the bag there has got all single um, yeah I'm I'm definitely not in that camp but then uh, then again I've got got far too many guitars haven't
1: I yeah um, and I'm I'm the same um, like uh, when we moved, i, f- I found my old FPSG that I, I, I'm going to do something with at some point. Yeah, but I still have no idea what or when.
0: P90s, I think it's got to be P90s.
1: Well, I'm I'm thinking, um, and this is only like a thought, and I think I might have like mentioned this like eighteen months ago. I'm thinking hyperflex tron in the bridge. Yes. With a home a, a size P90 in the neck
0: you're a, you're a dangerous man And I like it
1: <laughs> But that's, that's, just, that's just What's in my mind at the moment And that yeah. might change um, when I come round come Finally getting round to do it But um, uh, Yeah, no idea what's happening with that But that's for another podcast <laughs> Indeed, yeah, yeah. So, Along with The classic vibe um, Which I can't wait to plug in, Um, is a Marshall Origin 5, um, which is a little 1x8 5-watt Marshall Origin. I mean, that just sounds like immense fun. And The best thing is it switches down half a watt so I can crank it in a flat. Way! Which is the reason that I went for it, because... I love the Marshall turned up tone, and I know you know switching down to five like half a watt yeah. isn't going to be exactly the same as cranking uh, plexi. But no,
0: no. Uh, and it's going to be closer. the The Marshalls are uh, sorry. The, the origins are quite low gain as well in yeah. in terms of um, in terms of
1: Marshall amps. Uh, That's the kind of, like. The, the, like If I think of a Marshall turned up to 10, I think of that ACDC tone that it's not massively gainy. Yeah, It's yeah, yeah. just valves opened up to be allowed to do what they, they're supposed to do.
0: I can't remember who was having this conversation last week. Uh, but there was... Oh, I can't remember where the conversation happened, but yeah, the, there was a conversation going on uh, in one of the groups, I think, on Facebook uh, about about... Like tone in general, and how, um, like the, the one of the golden rules is you are too using too much gain. Just plain and simple, you can you could do to turn it down just a touch, and then the dynamics of your notes will just
1: bloom. And yeah, and it, it's like it's something that, again, as I mature, I find that I turn the game that da- gain knob down. On literally, apart from the Raise the Dead, but um, uh, on uh, everything yeah. else,
0: <laughs> the, the Raise the Dead is there. It's a, it's a, it's a nostalgia button, isn't
1: it? <laughs> it is. It's. It. it I, I think I described it as a smile machine at one point, which, yeah. is, which is exactly what it is. It just, it's there to make you smile.
0: A couple of weeks ago, you mentioned about the singer as well, trying it some pedals. Have you got any more updates? Updates yeah, on, on some, that one?
1: I think pretty much either the night after the, the cast or within a couple of days, um, I, I managed to plug him into the, the pedal board. Um and he had about, about 20 minutes to go through it before we like kicked off into a full band practice. So we yeah. had a, a few different tests. Um and I'm pretty sure he wants the lowest game possible like he had the soul food like i think the the one the, out of the, the pedals on that board that he he used the most and enjoyed yeah. the sound of the most was the soul food yeah and he didn't even have the gain up anywhere past halfway it was very much just kind of adding a crunch yeah. not any screaming lead or any sort of like screaming drivey tones yeah um so he's he's gonna try the ds1 next week he did he hadn't brought it for that practice but um, the next practice we do is going to try his DS1 see if he likes the sound of that and if not I think he's just going to take the soul food off me
0: yeah to be fair if you've got uh, a soul food and a DS1 you can have the um, the DS1 set with like just a hair of gain and the soul food exactly the same because they're two different kind of gain structures you'd have like a a me like a a light and a medium drive and that should be able to sort him for for pretty much everything
1: yeah and i was like i'm gonna try and convince him to do that because the moment he said i oh, know all i need is a, a tuner pedal and one drive pedal and i'm like no
0: we can't be <laughs> friends anymore
1: no like yeah what you need to do is you at least need a mini board with a minimum of five pedals on that's it. it yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> i mean you might say that you only need you only need one drive pedal but have you heard of modulation <laughs> oh, can I interest you in in
1: some of this? <laughs> yeah, um, and the other thing that actually came about from um, that practice is um, so we're going to try and do Africa as our kind of encore oh, song. Okay, yeah, yeah, So it's a brave um, obviously one. we've got a we've got a keyboardist, we've got tourists who can play guitar that can kind of fill out some of the sounds. Yeah, obviously. There's so much production values in Toto's version that it's almost impossible to recreate that live. Yeah. What is possible is Weezer's pub rock version.
0: Yeah, yeah, because, um, cause, yeah, Weezer uh, famously about, probably about a year ago, probably even less than that, actually, uh, started, they not only did, did a recording of it, but then started kind of touring, playing it as well.
1: They, they released it on an album They've released yeah. an album of covers this year The Teal album I want to say Okay um, And it's got like they, There's there was A th- hard Take On Me on there And there's a, okay. there's a few others was just like, an album
0: of covers Yeah they, they covered like three Toto tunes Didn't they
1: um, I think they only did they, they did I think they did three on their YouTube channel But only one of them made the album Okay I and think, I assume it would I have been It was the big three so it was Hold The Line yeah, uh, Africa okay, and what's the other one? Rosanna. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> Got to love a bit of Toto. Gotta
1: love yeah, I uh, massively do. But we we were listening to the the keyboard sound, which and I can't remember what it is, but it's a it's a setting on a, a keyboard, like you know the, the the like the 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 arpeggiating bit, not the the bit that everybody would like.
0: You know the bit I'm talking about right <laughs>
1: No, no not at all so you- keep, keep going it's like... <laughs> that yeah. <bit>. Oh yeah 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 That bit is like Four different things on top of each other Slightly out So it's the same piece It's the same thing recorded Yeah But split up And repeated four times But an ever so slight dil- And it basically Creates a chorus effect Yeah and the, the keyboard, it's like, I don't have chorus on this keyboard. What the hell am I gonna do? And he's like, I was like, well, what's the output on it? And he's like, well, it's coming out as a jack and going in to the desk as a jack. And I was like, okay, hang on a second. Yeah. <laughs> Picked up the the um, the only thing I had with me that yeah. could do it was the the Mua Mod Factory. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I put that on the chorus setting, plugged him in. <laughs> And he was like, "Oh, that sounds so much better." And I was like, "Yeah, it's yeah. I told you, it's just a chorus effect." It's a chorus. Yeah. He's like, well, I was I was reading up on it, and it's 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 like it's split up, and it's the same signal, and it's it's all slightly delayed and in different things. And I was just like, "Yeah, but yeah. what they've done it described chorus." Yeah, the, so the, I just <laughs> ended <into> the chorus.
0: <laughs> They went about chorus in a really, really ass backwards <laughs> way, essentially. <laughs> There's a pedal yeah. that could do that. They literally, like, boss, invented a invented a stomp box specifically for keyboards to be able to do this.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I've now got the keyboard using pedals. Nice. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, the the drum is going to be a bit of a uh, a bit of a tough nut to crack, but I reckon you can do it, Matt. So. I'm-
1: I'm not 100 percent sure yet, but certainly the bassist already has pedals, so we're we're four fifths of the way there.
0: And that's it, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you you've got. I mean, who needs a band? You just got like five <laughs> five dudes who you can hang around with playing with pedals.
1: Yeah. Forget, forget the band. Which, yeah, it's it's basically perfect. Like, I can now come here and talk about pedals, and go to either my bands and talk about pedals, and. You know, I'm always now talking about pedals. Life is sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, su- I suppose. Um, uh Yeah, carry on. Sorry, Matt. I was just going to say, the, the one thing we missed was obviously I said there were three things on the way and then only talked about two of them.
0: Yes, yes. Sorry um for the listeners. It is my bad. I've been having some mild technical issues today. You probably won't hear them in, in the production uh because I will have deleted the crap out of those bits. Um but <laughs> Matt has Matt has been an absolute champ in just kind of soldiering on. Um I'd like to give you guys a little peek behind the curtain though and and uh and let you into the into the little sneaky sneaks. But what was this um what was this third thing we were talking about, Matt? What were we saying?
1: Um so if people remember back to April May and June, there was a certain YouTube series that I was fairly invested in hmm and what could that <laughs> about, be about a a black les Paul studio from the nineties
0: yeah i I am picking up a slight lot slight bit of uh, remembrance here <laughs> Go on, what, are we, what are we saying tell me more tell me more
1: so yeah um, so the last video that was out on it was. The final finish before any hardware was put on and that was back in June and I've been waiting patiently and obviously Andy has a family life he's got a lot of events now that he works for Tome and he's got a lot of things on I didn't want to chase him I casually sent him a message about a month and a half ago and was just like any update on the Les Paul and he's like oh yeah yeah I'll get around to it and I was like I don't, I'm not chasing him, I'm not chasing yeah, him yeah. and then I just sent him another message this week and it was just like is the Les Paul finished yet? Have you? Uh, yeah. the, sorry, the the guitar was finished. I think it was finished like mid May. Uh, sorry, mid June. Um, but he wanted to keep the guitar around until he's edited the final video in case he needs any more shots of it or any more. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is like it's perfectly yeah, like easy. Yeah, completely. I, although I've paid for the guitar, I haven't paid for his time. Um, because he wouldn't let me. Because he's such a nice bloke. Um, uh, because he's obviously getting to put it on his youtube channel and you know it it helps him grow the channel as well yeah Um, and i was just like look keep it around until you've until you've edited that last video now i messaged him this week just to find out and he was like yeah i'm trying to work out the cheapest way to ship it to me so actually what's happening is he's shipping it to his parents who are then forwarding it on to me because that's the cheapest way to post from austria to the isle of man (laughs) okay yeah. yeah yeah um He's just like, yeah, so in the next couple of days, which was a couple of days ago, he's going to send it on to his parents, and then once it arrives with his parents, it'll then get sent on to me. So hopefully in the next probably couple of weeks, bearing in mind it's going to get from Austria to the, the UK, and then it, again from the UK to the Isle of Man, is always a few days post. So yeah. I'd say probably two weeks. I, I'm hoping that it's here. Um, my I, My birthday's on the 6th of November, so I'd like to think that it's arrived by then. That um,
0: that would oh, yeah. be pretty sweet, wouldn't it? That would be yeah. pretty sweet, right? I I, I feel, because uh, I'm I'm looking at the time. The t- the timestamp on my um uh, on my laptop at the moment is not uh it's not valid because we've <laughs> got a a large chunk in the middle where I'm swearing at a microphone. Um, <laughs> but it's
1: alright because you unplugged it, so nobody can hear that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll they'll be able to hear it through your end because it will come through your your earphones. <laughs> He's going, fucking piss balls! Uh, yeah, literal, literal quotes from the from the moment. Uh, so, I don't think we're going to get onto any news today because I've done sh- like shed loads of stuff between the last time that we we spoke. Um, when you were talking about um, talking about your gig- uh, gigging experience and how you were snapping strings, literally, you flashed to mind one of the one of the things that I did. Like last week as well, so I was I was jotting down during that. I think you you might have seen. <laughs>
1: Thinking, what the fuck is he
0: doing? Um, but yeah, so um, last uh last Wednesday, I can't I can't even remember the date, but it weren't it weren't too long ago. Um, I got I got a message off um uh, off Yeomans a couple of weeks before saying, oh, there's this uh there's this gig going on. Uh I know the sport act, but I'm not really uh not really up on the, the, the main guy. Uh but do you wanna go? It's it's like uh it's just like a cheeky little midweek gig. It should be pretty cool. like yeah, why not? I haven't been to a gig in a while. Uh, so the sport act was a guy and I'm gonna butcher his name, um probably. Dan Putlansky. Um kind of modern bluesy Kind of like blues riff rock is is the best kind of description of Dan Lansky. Um, really kind of Stevie Ray uh, inspired. You can you can hear that the the kind of strat tone is is really Stevie Ray. In the fact that it's kind of cleanish um, with quite uh, quite bright, attacky drive pedals. Uh, so there's a lot of that. There's kind of Hendrixy stuff in there as well, and there's so you, you kind of get the idea of of what he's about. Yeah, uh, sat through uh, like a set of like him his support act, um, not really knowing much of his stuff. And I was thinking, yeah, this is pretty groovy. Like getting getting the whole head nods going on with it. Like yeah, yeah, it's, it's all good. The guy who comes on uh, afterwards. who's the main the main uh, act. A guy called Walter Trout. Uh, and he's he's a name that I've heard of. I've, I've heard people cite him as a as a absolutely brilliant guitarist, and I've never really paid great deals of
1: attention, which is is my bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I've heard of him, never checked him out because I'm a terrible person. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just there's so many artists that some have got a fall fall by the wayside. Um. And within the first maybe two or three songs, um, he would completely overshadowed, Dad Polanski. And I, like this was me thinking, like, yeah, this this damn Dan, Dan guy's he's he's doing doing some pretty pretty decent stuff. Walter absolutely blew it away, absolutely. Um, and me and uh, me and Yeomans were having this this conversation. Uh, after the gig where I mean they were both uh both strat players and like I say the uh Dan Putlansky was very much the kind of um driven clean tone kind of chat where it was there was a lot of the guitar's character um coming through. Lots of neck pickup because why not? Um, which is what you what you do with strats. Um but, like, the, the character of the guitar was very much the kind of focal point of the tone. Uh, Walter Trout's was completely different. His, uh, his was, like, really creamy and mid-focused. Almost, like, if you squinted your ears, you'd get kind of almost humbuckery territory. You could still tell, tell that it was a strap, but it was it was a really thick-sounding strap. And just the contrast of these two different tones was immense. But yeah, like I say, like having never really paid attention to any of um, uh, any of Walter Trent stuff. Um, he played. He got to a play close to about two hours, and I was hooked on every moment of that show. So I, I definitely, I. I not only do I, I say go check out his stuff But I say go check him out live If you get the opportunity um, Because um, He uh, He kind of resonated With me in the sense That his show It weren't just him getting up there And playing, playing some tunes he, uh, he does what I do On this podcast quite a bit Which is uh, it spins stories About his life uh, 'Cause I'll often tell tell you about Uh about how my brother tried to learn this or whatever and I'll 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 give you cheeky little uh cheeky little stories. He did exactly that and he, he was he like he introduced this one song and says oh it was um it was written for my mum and then went into like a whole story about how uh as a child he, he had to move from place to place because uh, his mum had married a um a, a man who was not very good to her and she just kept taking him back and then because he told this like this like a truly heartfelt story from his from his like his youth and him growing up when he sang the song it hit you so much harder and it was just it and, and it, like the whole show was full of those moments where he'd, he'd introduce the song, but tell you, tell you a little story with it as well. Um, so which is why I say, r- rather than just go and check out his music, because his music will stand up to, uh, to time, it will be it will sound good whenever you listen to it. the The live shows take it to that next level. So I really, yeah. really enjoyed that. Uh, I think I just needed a good gig as well.
1: <laughs> I- just one last point. You preface this by saying that it was me snapping a string at a gig that made you think of it. Did one of them snap a string at some point?
0: Yeah. So yeah. Sorry, i yeah ran <laughs> off on a tangent. Didn't even come back to the original point. Um, the bassist within the th- uh, I think the third song uh, snapped. I think he snapped the D string. Uh, so the uh, like. After that song, Walter takes a piss out of him uh, a little bit whilst they change his string. Um, About, uh, maybe about 30 minutes on, snaps the A string, doesn't it? So, yeah, like, bassist snaps two strings. Like, really, really kind of odd-looking bassist for the gig, because... Like a, a blues band you'd expect um I don't know like a casual dress or you'd expect maybe someone like suited and booted for a blues gig uh, there's there's a couple of different ways you can go this guy wouldn't have looked um out of uh out of sorts in a punk gig like what? like leather jacket mohawk like Big, big, old, I think he had like Doc Martin boots on as well. He was quite far away, but he had like he, he had this like proper punk look on I mean. him, but <laughs> absolutely wicked bassist. And was obviously thrashing the thing within an inch of its life because he managed yeah. to snap two bass strings in a show. So that was that was pretty immense.
1: Um, yeah, like was he was he as out of place as the guy who was in status quo for their last couple of big tours? Um. The, so I I don't know whether you you saw them. I I, I saw know. them maybe seven or eight. It might be longer than that. Oh shit! No, I was done school. Okay, so I saw them about ten to twelve years ago. <laughs> Christ, I feel old. But um, that's the sign <laughs> Yeah. Um. And obviously it's status quo. You expect them all to look in their sixties and
0: seventies. And yeah, I mean, you you know, you're very expect that look. Yeah, you, I mean. I, I pretty much expect all of them to be wearing an open waistcoat.
1: Yeah, and most of the band did, and most of them looked like they were in their 70s, and the bassist was playing a headless Strandberg. He was probably about 35, and he was wearing black trousers and a black shirt, <laughs> and he just stood out so much from the rest of them because it just <laughs> yeah. wasn't what you expected from status quo. No, it
0: looks it just, like he's 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 got to be part of like a techno techno ensemble and then he like he's busting out some status quo
1: yeah and, and then I saw them on Jules Holland two years later and he was still there so he, like I thought it was a, a stand in depth at last minute their bassist had pulled out and they, put, they picked somebody off the scene that they know like, knew of yeah. so, t- their actual bassist played a headless Strandberg
0: and just dresses <laughs> just, him just is fully
1: t- totally differently like. and just does his own thing and do you know what he's a cracker bassist and Fair play to him. He's got himself in state. He got himself in status
0: quo, but he yeah. just stood out like a sore thumb on stage yeah, with Parfit and Rossi. <laughs> he's he's got the gig, yeah, yeah. But I think when you when you think of a status quo, you want to see Parfit and Ross, Rossi, don't you? That's that's what you're there yeah. for. And I think from that, he's he's doing a blinding job because he's he's dressed in such a way that he's, he's taking he, your eyes away. Yeah, he's he's. I would have thought like. Being dressed in black, he's kind of st- stepping back almost visually. But the fact that he's he's playing a headless bass makes you think, Yeah,
1: like I was expecting p bass, Jazz yeah. bass, maybe oh, yeah. a Gibson, like you know, SG oh, bass or something. Cheeky, but, cheeky, yeah, that would work. But like, yeah, um, he was playing like the most modern looking bass I'd ever seen. Yeah That's crazy
0: Yeah A weird juxtaposition Like the most futuristic bass Going Playing One of the most traditional Yeah One of the most (laughs) traditional rock style Oh dear Uh, So So yeah I I saw Walter Trout play live And he was fantastic Um, It's brought me on to I I mentioned before we did the cast That I've got like a A little confession Haven't I Yeah I don't know what it is, and it, it, it kind of comes in, in with this gig. It's it <laughs> didn't coincide with this gig. I didn't I didn't have the epiphany at this gig. But I've, I've, I've noticed like over the past kind of couple of months, I've been gravitating towards certain guitars, and those guitars have not been Telecasters. Oh no, I know they've been Stratocasters. I've of course they have.
1: Of course they have.
0: Yeah. I mean, it could only be, couldn't it? So uh, I mean you can pretty much see this, I think you can. The, to the left of me is is my my squire strap. Yeah. Yeah. Opposite that which is off camera is the Variax and both of those guitars are on display. So that I mean that in and of itself um helps this situation. It it kind of it plays into that situation. The the guitars that you can see are the ones that you play or that you tend to play. Um but yeah, like on the past uh past couple of like video demos that I've been doing in the past uh like little Instagram uh Instagram little posts and stuff, you'll notice that I'm playing a strat style guitar. It's either the Variax or it's that Squire strat. Uh I'm not doing it just for show, it's it's happening more and more. I keep playing strats. Um, I don't know why. Um, I think I'm, I'm getting into the that kind of percussive um, kind of reiki guitar feel kind of thing. Um, and uh, strat neck pickups just do that in spades. They absolutely <laughs> do that. Um, so, I've, yeah, I think... <laughs> uh about 5 years ago i, I my main guitar was a, a a white mexican strat and then i took a, a sudden left turn and went to the telecaster um and I, I, think I'm, I think i might be going back to back to the strats i think i'm returning home to that
1: <laughs>
0: at that, that point um and like Converse, conversely, to, con, uh, to, to popular opinion, I really like the breech pickup on a Strat as well. like unadorned, not having to roll the tone off, I like the breech pickup of a Strat.
1: That's just wrong. Well I, I, I can get on board with I'm wrong about Strat's bridge pickups, but I can't get on board with it if you can't touch the tone control no. if you're not touching the tone control. Sorry. I mean I, like, yeah. You, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I know that strats don't come wired so that you can touch a tone control with the bridge pickup. Yeah, but that's wrong. Like that's I don't want, I don't know who invented the pickup wire, like the standard wiring for a strat as it is today. I don't know whether that's always been the way of the Stratocaster, where there's one tone control for the neck pickup, one tone control for the middle pickup, and no tone control for the neck pickup. I don't know if that's has always been the way it is, but it's wrong
0: yeah it's 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 the tradition isn't it um because uh I, I believe or i'm i'm just assuming that back back then they they had the um the guitar tone controls were there to kind of emulate double bass weren't they yeah um and why would you ever need that on the bridge pickup because the bridge pickup is the one that you want isn't it The really twangy because that was the sound weren't it that was the sound that you wanted <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, but, and to be fair, you can use a Strat Bridge Pickup without a tone control. Yeah, yeah. It, you've got the tone switched off on all the pedals that you've got.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't do that. You know I don't do that. Um, I never, never use it without gain, because gain does, it smoothens out that top end. Um, but yeah, I, I've used the, the Bridge Pickup on a Strat, and I've loved it, so... Um, and the, the one thing that I, I can say about the uh, the Variax, which kind of fixes that the problem of the the strap not having a tone control on the bridge is the fact that it is, it's a master volume and master tone. Because yeah. it's got the, the four controls and the two are uh, um, Variax controls, essentially. So they don't do anything when you're in magnetic mode. Because of that, there weren't space to do this traditional strap wiring. And it makes more sense having a master volume, master tone. I love that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't understand why all guitars don't just have mass. I kind of get why Les Paul doesn't, but I'd like. I'd be happy if every guitar just had master volume, master tone.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would it would make things easier, wouldn't it? You wouldn't have to remember. Oh, of I have I still left the tone off on the neck pickup or? Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, there's no surprises then, is there?
1: The only time I've ever utilised it differently is, um, I can't even remember what song we used to play, but it was two guitarists playing the rhythm and lead parts, but there's also keyboards in it, so the other guitarist in the band was playing keyboards, yeah. so I couldn't play the other part. So I had the net pickup with the tone round right the way down just to kind of just because that was that was one of the sounds was like a, a really yeah muddy
0: yeah dull
1: yeah. and the other sound was quite a harsh bridge pickup sound and the the like I said it was it was the lead sound that was the neck pickup it was like a, a really muddy one and I had to kick on the tube screamer and swap pickups and if I'd have had to then also roll the tone off I'd have missed the first four notes of the solo yeah Having the option to have it like, I, I think I use my SG probably, or I, I use something that had four four knobs on it anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I,
0: I mean, I, I don't often utilise the four controls. Um, I don't know when I because I, I, before I played the Strat, I used to be a Les Paul player as well. I had a, a beautiful. Uh, Look, like, almost kind of like a wine red burst, uh, Epi Les Paul. Um, but back then, I would play with a lot of gain, and so <laughs> what I would tend to do is turn the bri- uh, sorry, turn the neck pickup off, um, and then I'd only ever use the, the uh, switch as a kill switch. Um, yeah,
1: I won't on that <laughs> well, I feel childish when I do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very kind of rock and roll, isn't it? Um,
1: yeah. Also, if you've got a cheap guitar with a cheap switch, it's a really easy way to break your guitar.
0: I'm putting my hands up now and saying that happened. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it, I, I did that with
1: my Epilog FPSG.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and it didn't snap in the way that you think because you think the the actual tip would snap off. Um, yeah. But the way that the uh, the switch works is there's a little rod that goes through the switch. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's the bit that I snapped. So yeah,
1: you, you couldn't, yeah, <laughs> you, you, know, you you couldn't set it in one mode and leave it. Cause every time you move, it would rattle about. Yeah.
0: Well, the, the way that mine snapped is that you could, you could select bridge and neck, but then if you went to go in the middle, you'd, it'd almost be like you'd have a side to side option as well. But then it would cut out, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it wasn't ideal. And then I ended up getting, uh, getting a Luthier to fit a Gibson switch into it because I said like I can't be dealing with uh, another import switch snapping. Yeah. And then I, I never had any problems after that. Um, yeah, I've, I've done a done a lot of um, kind of movement between different guitars uh, as I've grown as a player. Um, so my current mood is strat mood. Uh, I've done I've done quite a bit this week, and I'm I'm looking at the time, and, it's and you
1: have a, no idea how long we've been going.
0: <laughs> well, it looks like we've been going for about I'd say about fifty minutes, maybe an hour. Um, go on, we'll have an extra long cast. Uh, so I've I, like I said, I've been playing the strats. Been doing loads of pedal demos. Um, the budget pedal cha- channel has had a little bit of a little bit of a boot up the arse because we, we had a little bit of a summer break. And the last thing that we had on might have been budget pedal map. Um, I
1: think after budget pedal map, you had everything. Joseph have a takeover.
0: Okay, yeah, because you, you two had kind of like a week on, a week off, a week on, a week off Because because we had uh, like uh, I think the. The Katana Mini head, or something like that. Uh, the Katana Mini um, from Everything Joseph. But yeah, it was it was kind of a couple of little takeovers which were brilliant. Um, and we ended up getting a little bit of metal from, from our, our man, Everything Joseph, which is definitely something you don't get from me. Um, but I, I've started uh, kicking off with a new series called No Talk, All Tone, or Notat. Um, for short, <laughs> <N-noted>. <laughs> Um And we 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 kicked off with the uh, Mosky preamp. I think it's called the Preamp Deluxe. It's like a a standard kind of uh, MXR style enclosure, but on its side, Sides- right? Yes, yeah, sideways. Um, and the reason for that is because you literally can't fit any everything in if you put them put the the jacks <laughs> in the right place um because it's 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 just chock full of stuff so it's essentially you've got two sides your left side is it looks a bit like a timmy because it's got level gain then it's got two little mini toggles for like bass and tone so essentially like a almost like a sweepable presence for the tone and then the bass is just it adds more bass um It, you, the the tone controls are so powerful that you can get unusable tones out of it, um, which for such a cheap pedal, that's fine. You don't expect it to be usable across the entire sweep, um, but considering like if you if you tame the tame the bass knob quite a bit, uh, you, there's there's a lot of usable tones in it, and and that side of the pedal is. It's really nice Uh, it's low gain almost kind of blues drivery um but then it's also got like an added boost function which um it's boost before drive so it then just adds a little bit of volume and a lot of gain so it becomes a really really versatile pedal and when i first tried it i must have tried it in a rush and through a a, through a guitar and an amp setup that didn't suit it because I kind of discounted that, discounted it as as just oh it's you can you can have one or the other on or or you can you can tailor it sorry you can have like the the drive on and if you add the boost it gets muddy or you can tailor it to the drive and the boost and if you take the boost off it's too thin and nasal uh, but oh, I had to go through it again and did this no call tone uh, and it sounded pretty much bang on wherever I set it so. I must have just been having a bad day the uh, first time I used it uh, and the second one uh, this is one that you've seen isn't it Matt um, yeah the Ana Echo the Ana Echo and, and um, yeah I mean you, you gave a comment at the at the start of this that I'm not going to let go uh, what did you say <laughs> about the Ana Echo Matt it
1: it, it's, it it sounded really good when you used it as a reverb pedal <laughs> yes it did
0: Woo-hoo. we're back on that fret talk listeners. We are back on that, that conversation. Um, I know <laughs> you've missed been it. I'm going for 118
1: episodes. Of
0: one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <A> reverb <laughs> versus delay. And it, so in the bits where I weren't going very silly with it, I did say to, I said, it's like a kind of a subtle slap back kind of tone. And then set it to, uh, an an almost reverby kind of tone um but then it's got the added bonus of cuz it's an analog delay it uses the well, I assume it uses a bucket brigade chip um the fact that you can get it to oscillate and <laughs> then you can play it like <laughs> a like an instrument um and yeah it degenerates into me making some silly sounds on it towards the end um
1: <laughs> But that's that's how you use a delay pedal. I, I demonstrated that when I had the Echo Brain and did part of one of my takeovers of your channel. And, and after using it as an actual delay pedal and putting a little bit of slack back, I then proceeded to make alien spaceship noises. Yeah, and and that is
0: how we shall do delays. Uh, and I'm going to give you a little bit of sneak sneak peek. Well, in fact, I'm not going to give the listeners a sneak peek because by the time this episode is out, so will the next episode of No Talk All Tone, uh, but I'm going to give you a sneak peek Matt uh, the next one is the K-Line White Heat which is um, essentially like a two knob boost, you've got volume and you've got gain um, which is, I mean that in and of itself is like okay, I suppose um, but so I'm told by uh, by Simon of JSA, that the circuit is really not far um, from the Dod 250, which okay. which is like it's like a classic kind of preamp pedal, which is um, very close in itself to the uh, MXR Distortion Plus as well. Um, so some really kind of classic uh, classic preamp yeah. sounds. The only difference is that the uh, the K line doesn't have clipping diodes, so you, essentially you, the the clipping comes all from the the uh, the op amp itself, rather than the op amp then pushing some clipping diodes. Uh, so okay. it's less gainy, but again, like kind of it's almost like a transparent uh, transparent drive uh, pedal, uh, almost along the same lines as the. Um, the mosky preamp pedal as well so i, I really really enjoyed that I, I i got some absolutely awesome tones out of that however i looked at the pedal thought oh, this really doesn't stand up to the uh the awesomeness because I, I really enjoyed the sound of the pedal but it looks just a bit boring um so I then decided to take the whole thing apart and respray it, um, and I don't think I've shared it on the Budget Pedal Chap channel yet, but I probably will by the time that this is out because I've <laughs> I've changed sure, it a little it bit.
1: Cool. It looks really cool.
0: Yeah, I keep describing it as looking like the nineties, looking like MTV in the nineties.
1: Yeah, it's it's a little bit weird. Um... It rem- reminds me of like, yeah, like it, it's definitely nineties. But like the eye in the middle was at Goosebumps? The kids TV show. I believe that had a very similar eye, as okay. like the Owen in Goosebumps. It was, it was it was a kids TV show in the mid nineties when I was a kid on PVC. I
0: remember I remember Goosebumps. So I did I don't remember it being. Um, I don't remember the eye being on that, but. There was a program uh, on Nickelodeon, I believe, called Little Monsters. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of reminds me of that. Um, so hopefully by this this point, by the time that this uh, podcast uh, I'll have I'll have shared that. If I haven't, just use your imagination. <laughs> um, so it's saying we're at an hour and 20. I don't think we're quite there yet. But let's, uh, let's do – because I don't want – I think Joseph has won. He's definitely won this week. We can say that for a fact. But so that he he doesn't win completely, we need to do a little bit of news. Okay. So I reckon we could smash out all of this news in five minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I exactly want that everybody won. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where are we started. So the first bit of
0: news is um, a friend of the podcast, Mr. Stuart Tate of, Tate of Frex, um He has sourced some rather interesting-looking germanium transistors. If you follow him on Instagram,
1: <laughs> the they, War of the
0: Worlds ones. yeah, they look like they look like spaceships, like little flying saucers, uh, which. <laughs> that's how you know it's a good a good transistor
1: um yeah. but essentially All about, and you photoshop it into a big <laughs> <laughs> yeah. spaceship
0: yeah uh, so he's he's managed to source uh, a fair few of these um these uh, new old stock germanium transistors which not only do they look cool but they get like some proper vintage tones on the go as well um and he has tweaked his uh, Raise the dead, was uh, to yeah. accommodate these. So it required a, a, a tiny little uh, tweak of the circuit. But what is that? So rather than kind of trying to jerry rig it into the into the circuit boards that he's got, he's actually redesigned the circuit board to to accommodate these. So like, there's there's been a little bit of work going to this as well. And um, I've heard what they sound like. <laughs> and, and, and they sound really good. I think he shared it on one of his Instagram stories. Actually,
1: I I, I, don't... I haven't seen it. If he if he has, but I um, I did see because he's he kept teasing it because I was he he photoed the transistors when they came in. Then <laughs> <And laughs> somebody then photoshopped his photo and turned it into the War of the Worlds. Yeah, and then he released details on the transistors. So then 1988. From the USSR and like from, you know, the place where the tone has come from. Yeah. Basically. In Um, Soviet Russia,
0: the transistors will transist you. ah. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, and then he did that. And then he did, um, he shared recently a a photo of the new circuit board with the Razor Dead GE. Yeah. On the bottom corner Um, and he keeps teasing it and I, If he's if he shared a clip of what it sounds like I've missed it and I need to go and find it
0: Yeah uh, I believe he's taking pre-orders On them at the moment as well And I think the pre-orders are going
1: very quickly I, uh, I believe have so, got a release date for when the actual Pre-orders are shipping Yeah I think it's the 26th of this month So it's not far away there. Yeah and yeah you what, That's what I think I read um I,
0: th- I I was under the impression that it was in November but it, it's Maybe just it yeah it's part. it's just me speculating so if you are interested in in one of these I don't think they're much more than the um than the standards as well I don't think I think they're like an extra tenor or something which is ridiculous considering how like super special edition these are because once they are gone it, it's not a place where you where you're just going to happen upon some awesome, old-school transistors again.
1: Uh, yeah, so. so, three days ago we put on Instagram, there are seven left, and the ship, expected shipping date is the 25th of October. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, if he's not sold any since then, which is unlikely, so there's probably less than seven left, if there's any left at all. Yeah, by the time this cast
0: is out. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Um, we're, we're not here, really, as news vendors, so... You need, yeah, on, um, you need to be on. You need to be on this. Like follow follow Stuart on Instagram. You will get the the scoop on this kind of stuff.
1: You have missed the other difference as well. The other the massive difference to the tone for this. Go it's on. got a black knob instead of a white knob or a clear knob.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, it's also in a black enclosure as well, where the uh, the original Rise of the Dead was like a sparkly orange
1: enclosure. Yeah, um, it's th- black with an orange kind like the bits that normally would be. The orange bit on the front of the Rise of the Dead are still there, but... Yeah. The rest of it's black.
0: Yeah, it looks like... Uh, it looks like the, the Rise of the Dead's... Like... The
1: evil older brother. Yeah. And I like and it. He has shared a clip of how it sounds, so I'm going to go and listen to that as soon as this cast is done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... Maybe a pre-order. And
0: That's it. Click, 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 click. I can't afford to do, but... Uh. I'm sure I'm sure Stuart will sort you out. I'm sure you go, oh, I can't afford it right now, but I'll just put put a little bit of money down. Just just reserve it for me. Sure i will sort that out for you. Um I, I reckon we just do we'll just do the one one more bit of news. Um because I wanted to talk about this news because mm. uh, earlier today I sent you a message going, uh Okay, what were we talking about, Matt? And you went, oh, I'll just check Electro Harmonics website. They they've always got something new, and they did. <laughs> uh, I was right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's like trying to score a, a bullseye on a on a board that is made entirely of bullseye. Um, but I'll take it. I'll take it one hundred percent. So, like yesterday, I think, um, electroharmonics released a little kind of teaser that they are adding yet another of their classic fuzz circuits to the kind of nano line. So they started off um, they started off with the the icy big muff, then they did the op-amp big muff and then the green Russian. And have they done another one?
1: They yeah, have. They did, the, they did a double green Russian, didn't they? Or a double. Or a green Russian and an offhand. They did one that was two, two in one enclosure. Oh, did they? And they yeah, did the, the, they, the,
0: the one that was like in a cream enclosure with the blue. Uh, yeah. I can't remember what, what variant that is.
1: And they did. Didn't they do a black one as well?
0: They've not done the black one, have they?
1: I, maybe I'm imagining it, but.
0: Yeah, I don't think they've quite but, done the Black Russian yet, but they're they're doing the Ram's Head now, which yeah, um, yeah, I know why that's called a Ram's Head. Sure, uh, they did the I, triangle, didn't they as well? Of course, they did the triangle. triangle. That was
1: yeah, I remember that one.
0: Yeah, so they're doing the Ram's Head, uh, which is like massive wedge box, um, big muff. They're doing that variant. I've not heard it. I don't know much about the Rams Heads to be honest, um, but the fact that they are doing uh, another uh, another variant of the the, the uh, Big Muff in an enclosure which is pedal board friendly gets two thumbs up from the budget pedal chap.
1: Um, and it, it's not just any Rams Head anyway, either. It's the, it's the Rams Head V two,
0: the the violet one, is it?
1: I don't know. It just says Ramsay. Apparently, the, this faithful, faithful reissue really names that classic V2 tone. Of course, yes,
0: the the V2 Ramshead tone, which is made really famous on that song by by the chap. That guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the best thing is, this, you're 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 making up random stuff to say, and literally the following words in the sentence that I was I was reading from says that tone heard on legendary recordings and famous guitar solos <laughs> doesn't mention anything about or the,
0: the They don't even fucking know themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure someone famous used it. Just use your imagination. Sure. Oh dear. Yeah. So, but as much as we are taking the piss out of the uh, the marketing strategy there, um, having all of the available uh, big muffs as nano pedals is is absolutely delicious. Um, yeah. I think the. The icy and the green were coming in at about ninety quid, as well. So,
1: and this one has a list price of US dollars ninety nine. There you go. So
0: chances are we're probably going. Yeah, we're probably going to be getting something very similar, aren't we? So, yeah. Hats off! Hats off to you, um, electro
1: harmonics. And, and now guitar shops are basically like brothel, brothels because you can go in and pick them off.
0: Yeah you can pick muff of any different variety. Do you, do you want green muff, you dirty, weird bastard? We We can cater for that. Do you want a triangle muff? Is it the seventies? Who knows? Here you go. Yeah. Um, and I think I think before we degenerate onto any more any more shenanigans i think that's where we need to end it because it's it's saying an hour and a half now so but i'm gonna think we've, we've at least crested the hour mark um so if you want to catch us online uh you go uh facebook.com groups and you'll find us in the Fret talk podcast uh, I think we might also be part of pedal boards of doom as well. Like I, I do stuff with those guys. I think you're probably in there as well, aren't you, Matt? Everyone tends to be in pedal boards of doom. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm there. So we'll hang out there. Chilled as- like, your Anorecho video today because somebody was like, "I want a cheap delay pedal that's not too complicated," and I was just like, "Watch this video, then go and buy a Murano Echo. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean- you, you've sold it to me. Yeah, it goes
0: yeah that's all it needs to do Um, so yeah you find us there if you want to catch me personally it's uh, facebook instagram youtube slash budget pedal chap or at budget pedal chap depending where you are Uh, I also do work with pedal of doom there should be some videos coming out very shortly of me demoing some pedals so that should be nice um one of them might be a slightly shaky pedal. I think we know we know where that is. There's, there's no point in me trying to hide it. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, you will know. Uh, Matt, you are you are a frequenter of the the fret talk podcast, which we are eternally grateful for. But you also frequent the bad bookers podcast. I do. Um, you are heal underscore Matt q at pretty much everything yeah and um yeah that's pretty much it uh thank you mm-hmm. thank you listeners for joining us on this uh quite meandering and tangential journey uh they are always the nicest ones and uh, it's always great fun to have a, a podcast with mr mackwine um Oh uh, Before I we'll sign off, I'm going to I'm going to ask you the same thing that I've asked you the last couple of weeks, uh, because it seems to be working. Our listenership is going up. Um, if you could share this podcast with one person who you think will listen to it, and that means that our listenership doubles, and that makes the baby Jesus smile. Um, but, I mean, you can't you can't say any fairer than that, can you? I, I mean. Yeah. I think I have to add a disclaimer that I can't confirm nor deny whether that makes the baby Jesus actually smile. Whether the baby Jesus is real imaginary. I can't I can't confirm any of that. But let's just say let's just say for the argument's sake that it will. It will it will give you a free ticket to heaven. Um for sharing that podcast. Um so from myself, Mr Budget Puddle Jump. From Mr Matt Quine, say so bye Matt.
1: Bye, bye. Well, hey.
0: It will be a tatty boy and good night for this week. Bye, good night. <laughs> I'll tell you what as a little bonus to the to the outro of this podcast let's let's have a quick quick look at them. right so <laughs> I
1: as you were saying blues wanker I was like oh shit we were talking talking about guitar modern guitarists weren't
0: we go on we'll do that one then so this is this is bonus content here this is this is bonus content for uh, Joe of Hello Sailor because he asked uh, he asked a question on the live cast which we promptly ignored because uh Lee wanted to talk about Germany and Schnitzels. Um <laughs> so uh modern day guitar hero, question mark, question mark. Um so like back in the uh back in the kind of pioneering days you had you had some absolutely massive uh guitar heroes, didn't you? I mean like ever since kind of the start you had like Hank Marvin. Um you had like people like Chet Atkins and Les Paul kind of pioneering the electric guitar and then when they found out that guitar sounded really awesome once you turn the amps up uh you had uh like uh, pete townsend and uh jimmy hendrix eric clapton all of these kind of guitar quote unquote heroes uh back in the day where they were like massively revered um yeah like icons of the instrument. Uh, and, and Joe was saying how, uh, like what our thoughts are about like, the modern equivalents, and do we have them? Is the Guitar Hero dead? Uh, if so, why?
1: Like, in, in my head, the last Guitar Hero, quote unquote, is probably Slash.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. like the, the archetypal guitar hero.
1: And bearing in mind that he, he was making the music that everybody talks about in 1988. Yeah, I think that's pretty, pretty clear that that kind of iconic guitarist that is a household name, even for people who aren't guitarists, yeah, probably dying off. Yeah. Uh, so. If not dead.
0: Yeah. So I think the log. If we if we could kind of open it up to rock star rather than just guitar hero, I think the 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 kind of the the thought of the the kind of the archetypal rock star um, has died off due to kind of society changing because. What came along with the rock star was not just the kind of um rebellious attitude, but also came along with lots of kind of misogyny and kind of very penis driven <laughs> um <laughs> it, it was very That's kind a podcast of podcast style fallocentric <laughs> 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 not it? Um where it was it was almost um Notorious for being kind of manslags and and championed for the the fact that they are uh, and I think that society has um uh, grown up a little bit since then.
1: Um, yeah, I, I definitely think you're right. I think the, the, like another big factor as well is the fact that they were all, like they were lauded for their drug taking and like them being just. Complete or to reprobate, whereas we have this kind of celebrity obsession in modern society. I'm not saying us personally, but yeah, yeah, look, as, as a society, society like, there's a massive obsession with with celebrity culture. And it, like, once you start to look in depth into that kind of thing, people stop, they they change the way they act. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you, I think, yeah, you wouldn't get Ozzy Osbourne. Like followed by today's society, when he was like biting the heads off bats and like doing all the the, the shit that he was doing in the the sixties and seventies, because it it would, be, it would just be frowned upon by modern culture.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the the whole kind of the the drug taking as well as has taken a. a taken a different turn as well. If you think back to um, Amy Winehouse of, of recent years, um, she she was very much known for her, um, her relationship with drugs, um, which ended up then becoming her downfall. Um, but it, it weren't portrayed in the media as being, oh, look at how cool Amy Winehouse is. A look at how how rock and roll she is it was she was very much kind of shamed for the for that lifestyle and she was yeah she was looked down upon so it, it's almost like there's a level of scrutiny which uh which has been reversed on our on our um modern uh celebrities yeah, i
1: don't think i don't think we've ever got the the right attitude for that kind of thing like In in the sixties, they were lauded for taking drugs, and you know, as as time has gone on, they've gone from like lauding them to shaming them. At no point has anybody said, like, okay, people talking about it outside the media, but the media has never said, we need to, as 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 society, try and support these people to get the help that they need. Like, they might say that offhand in an article, but most of the article is aimed at shaming them or, you know, criticizing everything they do and the fact that they're ruining other kids' lives because kids are going to copy them. At no point do, does anything ever say, let's try and help this person out. It's not about, it's, it's never about that. It's always about shaming them.
0: Yeah, and it, 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 it was always, it was the, the kind of conversation talked towards the help after the fact, after Amy 1S had died because of it. Yeah, Um, Like prior to that It was always Like whatever magazine Was buying the photos Up of Amy falling out of a club At this point Or going on stage and being Completely wrecked and and so on and so forth So I I Completely agree with the fact that The uh, Society's Relationship with with drug use uh, Has has played A part of this, this kind of rock and roll um icon status and i think um in in the traditional sense of of the the uh, the guitar hero or the rock gods and goddesses i don't think we're ever going to see that again um because of the because of the scrutiny that um people in the public figure fall under uh these days yeah. um and I don't necessarily think it's it's a bad thing that we should <laughs> uh, <laughs> glorify the uh, this kind of reckless uh reckless attitude um and that but that being said, I think in terms of like um virtuosic guitar players uh and guitar players who are making uh, making rock music with uh, kind of pushing the boundaries and um, and and that kind of rock and roll attitude. In that sense, I think we've we've got so many these days.
1: We've yeah, I think I think the the issue for for that side and for them not being household names is the fact that the again society has changed so much we don't get rock music in the public domain anymore you listen to radio one you you hear lots and lots of dance music lots of rap lots of r&b there's a one-hour rock show on uh, i think twice a week or something like that but rock music isn't in the the kind of public light and even the rock music that gets that gets the kind of public Uh, stuff is all I don't want to say generic but Mm, it's 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 not pushing it's not rock music that's pushing the boundaries it's not you know the it's it's not from icons of the rock the the guitar world is sort of like we would see it like yeah the only the only one that kind of ever gets any sort of Airplay that I've ever heard Is John Mayer and the songs Aren't the songs where he's Pushing the boundaries of the guitar It's yeah. where he's written a wet fart song About his latest <laughs>
0: Yeah yeah The, the, the latest celebrity uh, Who he's um, Playing certain games with um, Yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna flip it on its head A little bit here uh, And throw it a name of of which I personally don't uh don't like the music of, but in terms of iconic rock star status, Dave Grohl. Would you would you agree that in terms of log the uh, the closest to a kind of uh, a rock star, but with being able to adhere to the the modern ideals and and not being a rock star because he takes all of the drugs or because he's uh putting it about with all of the women he's he's like he's doing the rock star thing but he's also pretty fucking wholesome about it as well
1: yeah um, I think he's probably the exception that proves what we've been talking about. I think he's that he's the one person I can think of since probably slash or you know since the end of the 80s yeah. all right yes he started at the end of the 80s but he's constantly yeah yeah being in the public eye for 30 odd years at this point um he's played in multiple multiple bands like with 30 odd bands at least like whether he's just done session musician for drums on them or like you know whatever it is that he's done and he's he's now at the point where I, there's not many households in the UK that wouldn't know who you're talking about. If you said Dave Grohl, yeah, they might yeah. not be Foo Fighters fans. They might not be Nirvana fans. They might not be Queens of the stone age or nine inch nails or like, they might not know where yeah. he's from, but they'll, they'll know of him because yeah. they've seen him on TV at some point. Yeah. And
0: perhaps like he's paving the way for the, the new modern rock stars. And that's that's possibly what what they what the kind of mould for that uh, rock star will be.
1: I'd, I'd like to think that it would be because he's as as much as you said you, you're not a massive fan of his musical yeah. like, output. Like you say, he's the, he's he's the most sort of genuine bloke out there. Yes, he likes to swear a lot, but,
0: but I mean, the, the, can we strip? Yeah, can we strip everything away from rock and roll? Really.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's it. Like, that's the that's the one thing I remember was when when they did their Glastonbury set, people complaining about him swearing a lot. And I'm like, fifteen years ago, you'd had people snorting coke off the keyboard. Yeah, just
0: (laughs) yeah. I mean, they they are still a rock band, and like, uh, look at any rock show. Look, even when we were seeing Walt Utter he he dropped a few f bombs here and there. and it's it's completely not not out of the ordinary to hear it uh, at gigs. Um, so, I mean, I even I've I've seen uh, like artists like uh, like Kate Nash, and she's got a song uh, from her first album where the 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 kind of chorus to it is "What you being a dickhead for? Uh, why you being a dickhead?"
1: So like. It's she's, um, got some, she's got some great songs that, like, if you read, like, if you read into actually what the lyrics are saying,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, she, she she's absolutely fantastic, and there's a a song that I am very very much going to be sharing with the group, I reckon, sometime soon because <laughs> I, lo- I love some of her stuff. Um, but it like it's it's music, uh, it's that kind of rock and roll spirit, isn't it? Um, yeah, and like, as you say, yeah. As, as much as I don't Don't like Dave Grohl's musical output Like the videos that I see Of him like with Kiss Guy He's brought a guy up on stage and Absolutely made that guy's lifetime by By letting yeah. him like jam along with the band uh, There was another one where He got a kid on stage and then Like towards the end of a tour and then just said Okay uh, I've got Like uh, fucking like six Gibsons here's one yeah. You You yeah. take this home and you enjoy that and he's just like, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's the kind of wholesome <laughs> mold of a rock star that I think if, if that's yeah. where, if that's what the archetype of rock star is now, I think I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah. And then at the end of this tour, um, he had the son of the guitarist from Slayer on stage, who's about 10 and again did the same he- like um, let let the kid play along, and he's like, he, like the kid was like really, really like nervous when he stepped out and realized how many people were there. Yeah. And his dad came out and just kind of knelt down next. So he was like, "I know you can do this. You know you can do this." And Dave Grohl's there encouraging him, and he's like, he was standing at the back next to, next to the amps, like worried about stepping forward. And Dave Grohl's just there, come over here, come on, come on, get up here, get up at the front. Nice. Just really like I I, I love seeing like the, that kind of thing because it's it's just encouraging that next generation. And then there's not, not that much of it in society these days. Yeah. Like, the, the, <laughs> yeah. The, the world music, is bleak. <laughs> and yeah. the music in society at the moment is yeah. is we'll pick generic blonde woman who can sort of sing, get one or two albums out of her, and then pick the next one.
0: Yeah, there's a kind and of churning of
1: really the... All all that there is, like, even the, the artists I remember from five years ago, I don't know where they are now. Yeah, uh, exactly that. To be it? honest with you, I can't remember most of their names.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I think that's probably where we, we're we wrapping, because I'm looking at the time. it's We're approaching two hours on this. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little bit of bonus material, at, and it's for you, Joe. So thank you for the thank you for the question, and... Um, Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the the bonus. And Fret Talk listeners, I hope you enjoyed it too. Uh, Get in the uh, the podcast group and weigh in on this this conversation. Tell me me who you think the, the rock stars of this generation are and what's happened to rock and roll. Rock and roll.
1: Rock and roll.